Over the years, one of the things that has broken my heart the most as a Catholic and certainly as a priest has been watching so many faithful Catholics that I grew up with from my childhood leave the Catholic Church. Seems like such a common phenomenon, so much so that I often am surprised whenever people are actually still faithful after all these years. It almost seems like sometimes it's the norm to be faithful as a young person and drift away. Uncommon from what is often said. That's at least my experience. But every time I ask my friends who have left the church or quit going to Mass or whatever, every time I ask them, what happened? What's the cause of this? What's behind this decision? Not a single one of them has ever told me that it was because of the priest abuse scandals. Not a single one has ever brought up a doctrinal issue. Not a single one of them, at least, like I said, this is just my experience, has even brought up an issue with other Catholics. No, just about every single one of them. Nine times out of ten, if not every time, my friends left the church because they felt burnt out. That they were not getting anything out of the church anymore. That they were feeling isolated during Mass. And that it was all simply so boring. It simply was not feeding them. And so they decided to go their separate ways. The funny thing is, is we all experience this. This is not something unique to certain individuals. We all get this feeling of burnout. We all feel exhaustion from practicing the faith. Might not be going on right now, but there's no denying that each of us, if we're honest with ourselves, have experienced it. A legit burnout. Maybe not from doing too much, but sometimes maybe from doing too little. And the question that I often get, whether in spiritual direction, or one-on-one, or whatever, is what can we do about it? What can you and I do whenever we are tempted with burnout? Whenever we feel exhausted, whenever we come to mass or streaming or whatever, and just are no longer interested it just becomes so excruciating, so boring, enough already. What are we to do? Well, I think there's an answer in today's gospel, at least a partial answer. Today's gospel, what do we have? We have two men going away from Jerusalem, away from this holy place. And what happens? They encounter Christ. They meet Jesus, but they don't recognize him. Jesus has a, rec- has a resurrected body. He can change his appearance, and so he doesn't have to reveal himself as somebody necessarily that they're familiar with. They don't recognize him. But what happens? They relate to this man what goes on. He then opens up the scriptures, goes through each prophecy, starting with Moses, onward, and points out how what happened... What had happened in Jerusalem was called for from the very beginning of the Old Testament, all the way back in Exodus. And what happens after that? Something unbelievable. He he looks to depart, but they're intrigued. They urge him to stay with us. And what does he do? He goes with them to the table and he takes 
blesses, breaks, and gives what? Bread. The same four actions that Jesus Christ did whenever he multiplied the loaves of the 5,000 and the 4,000. Take, bless, break, give. The exact action that Jesus Christ did with the bread at the Last Supper. My dear friends, we are looking at, in the Emmaus walk, the very first Mass. Liturgy of the Word, Liturgy of the Eucharist, Scripture, Jesus. And what we find here is that Jesus no longer is looking to reveal himself to his disciples through his physical face, but through the breaking of the bread. That's what it says. They realized him once the bread was broken, as if to say, my revelation is not going to be in the flesh and the blood, but it will be in the body of within, in the veil of the bread. That is what Jesus is pointing out to us. And what happens? Jesus departs. He leaves. And the two men said something that you and I, let's be honest, want to say. Were our hearts not burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? Were our hearts not burning? Guys, these guys had hearts that were on fire. They weren't burning, burnt out, but they were burning. Which shows us that if we want to feel our hearts burning with fire instead of burning out, we are called to turn to Jesus Christ in the sacrifice of the Mass with the liturgy of the Word and the liturgy of the Eucharist. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? But how often do you and I tend to come to Mass only to have our eyes glaze over, only to be bored by the homily, only to be tired and not paying attention to the Scripture, and being daydreaming while the holy sacrifice is being offered? We've all been guilty of this, every single one of us. So what gives? Why is it that you and I can come to the great revelation of Jesus Christ and still feel burnt out? And the answer can be found in sacred scripture. It can be found in the, the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21. And this is what Jesus says to you and to me. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moss nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. For where your treasure is, there will your heart 
be also. My dear friends, that is why our hearts are not burning with Jesus Christ. Because our treasure is no longer anchored in the Eucharist. Our treasure cannot be found in the Mass. Our treasure cannot be found in the Catholic faith. This happens to us so often. Because Satan's sole job, especially whenever it comes to tempting faithful Catholics, is not to get them to apostatize, not just to get them to shut it all down, although that does happen occasionally. But the real temptation that he often gives is presents little tiny attachments in our lives to distract us from what is most important. Money, family, friends, good things, sports, hunting, fishing, these things are wonderful things. But how often do these things become the treasure, the orbit of our lives, and the cross becomes a forgotten thing that we just happen to do on Sundays or to different parts of the day because we need to say our prayers? I see this a lot too. I mean, I really saw this firsthand in, in, at LSU. I, uh, not really at LSU. But yes, at LSU, but, but recently in January, I was very blessed. I got to go to the LSU National Championship. So there I am, the Superdome, cheering, screaming, yelling, thrilled that Joe Burrow's dropping all these dimes in the end zone. It's incredible. All right, we are just having a ball. And all of a sudden, after the team wins, after the Tigers become the national championship champions, which is, was an awesome experience, I'll just be honest, the crowd started to die down. And one of the fans, he was just three rows away from me, yelled something that we were all thinking. You know what he yelled? Now what? Now what? And I know what he's getting at. Here we are. We have reached the pinnacle of college football. We are national champions. You know how many colleges strive for this? It's insane. The number's astronomical. But... After all this is done, after we've cheered our team to this incredible victory that we've been waiting for them for the past 12 years, there's still an emptiness there, isn't there? Which was expressed in this guy's screaming. Now what? Our hearts are restless until they rest in you. What that guy, those two words was essentially, what he essentially communicated is that there is nothing that these things, money, sports, hunting, fishing, all these things, nothing, none of these things can fill our hearts, video games, whatever, can fill our hearts, none of them can fill our hearts and rest in our hearts like God. And that our hearts will always be wanting for, striving for more, always looking for something more, always asking that question. Now what? What else? There's got to be something else. There's got to be something more because I am left hungry. My dear friends, what that experience at LSU showed me was that if we lay up our treasures in these earthly things, whatever it might be, whether it is money or else you're whatever, you and I will experience a desolation that will drag us to the ground. And you and I will begin to taste that terrible, awful thing that afflicts so many Catholics. Burn out. 
I've got to be honest, I've been, I've been a priest for almost three years now. I've seen a lot of different people in the faith and whatnot. And what I'm finding more and more is that people don't get burnt out from doing too much. People get burnt out from doing too little. Because their flame just shrank and shrank and shrank and shrank to the point where, who cares? It doesn't matter anymore. Whatever. I'll do something else. It happens all the time. Not because we're overcommitted, but if anything, we're undercommitted. It happens so much. And what ends up going on, our hearts become put in places that they don't belong. And what happens? We begin to say the opposite of what these two men in Emmaus, or on the road to Emmaus, said. Were our hearts burning while he was speaking to us? No. Because our hearts were not in a place to be set on fire in the first place. Our hearts were misplaced. So my dear friends, what do we do? What's the secret? The secret is to release our attachments and surrender them to God. We all have them, whatever it might be, whether it is video games or money or sports or whatever. You and I are called to hand them over to the Lord in prayer, to give them to him and say, Lord, these things are yours. They are not mine. They're your creation. I want to follow your plan with them. I don't want to follow mine. I want to follow you. St. Ignatius Loyola said beautifully exactly what this is all about. He called it the principle and foundation of the spiritual life. And what the principle and the foundation of the spiritual life does is it takes our hearts and puts them in a place where they can be set on fire. And this is what it is. This is how he words it. He says, God created human beings to praise, reverence, and serve God. And by doing this, to save their souls. God created all other things on the face of the earth to help fulfill this purpose. From this it follows that we are to use the things of this world only, only, not, no other, no other options, only. This is the only way we, we are called to use the things of the world. Only to the extent that they help us grow in holiness. And we ought to rid ourselves of the things of this world to the extent that they get in the way of this end. In other words, if things ain't making you holy, get rid of it. For this, it is necessary. This is the key. It is necessary to make ourselves indifferent to all created things as much as we are able so that we do not necessarily want health rather than sickness, riches rather than poverty, honor rather than dishonor, a long life rather than a short life, and so in all the rest, so that we ultimately desire and choose only what is most conducive for us in the end which God created us for, to love praise, and serve him. My dear friends, I often go back to this principle and foundation. These four little paragraphs ground me in so many ways, and the way they really ground me is whenever I personalize them. And I want to encourage you guys, 
you're feeling burnout, if you're feeling lost, if you feel like, I know, look, I know we're televising Mass, I know it's the worst. Fortunately, the bishops have come out and said that we're looking to reintroduce public Masses because it looks like the stay-at-home order might be lifted on, on April 30th and things might look a little different. So fortunately, it's sooner rather than later we might be seeing face-to-face, praise God. But if you're feeling tired, feel like this isn't for you anymore, I want to encourage you to take these words. I'm going to put it on my Facebook page. I'll put a link to it. I want you to take these words and personalize them. Instead of simply saying, God created human beings to praise, reverence, and serve God, put your name there. God created Father Rene Pellissier to praise, reverence, and serve God. And by doing this, to save his soul, to taste eternal salvation. God created all the other things on the face of the earth to help me fulfill his purpose. And from this it follows that I am to use these things of the world only to the extent that they help me to get to this end. So my dear friends, I want to encourage you to pray and ask for the grace of detachment. Pray to let go of all these distractions that are leading us away from God. And the more we pray, the more we ask God to take away all these things that are getting in, our, in the way of our minds, in the way of our hearts, from, from being fulfilled, I promise you, the more and more you will be like these two disciples on the way to Emmaus, asking that beautiful question. Were our hearts not burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us?